the biggest stories from the pages of the London Free Press and LFPress.com. This is the London Free Press Podcast with your host, Lindsay Barnett. to the LF Press Podcast. Thank you once again for joining us. I'm going to preface this episode before we dive into things a little bit. I'm feeling a little deflated today, okay? Um, and I know I'm not the only one. And I think for the most part, I've been pretty positive and pretty optimistic with regards to COVID and the pandemic and shots. And uh, I'm I'm having a hard time today. So please just Bear with me. I am excited to be talking to London Free Press reporter and columnist Jane Sims. Jane, how are you today? I'm fine, but I know I feel your pain. I get it. <laughs> yeah, we um, just at the time of the recording right now, just for to preface this, it is Wednesday late afternoon, early evening. Doug Ford, Premier Doug Ford just wrapped up his announcement and there is a lot to unpack with regards to the pandemic and COVID shots once again. Um, it's been a busy few weeks and there's been a lot of pushback as boosters have been announced and el- eligibility for boosters has been announced. Um, most recently from the press conference, we now know that effective Monday, December 20th, anybody 18 and older who has had their second COVID shot within three months is now eligible to book their third and booster shot. Um, and also breaking out of that press conference, we now know that large events, gatherings of a thousand people or more is going to be limited to 50% capacity. So we're talking things like Maple Leaf games. We are talking things like concert venues. We are talking movie theaters. We are talking casinos. Um, Jane, you had mentioned before we started recording that you had spoken to Dr. Alex Summers earlier today. What's happening here locally? Well, you know, I, I was struck today. Uh, my, my colleague, Mike Henson, took a picture up at Masonville Place. And, and there was a line snake down the hallway, which shouldn't be a surprise, really, during this time of year. There's lots of people up there. But these were people lining up to get a booster shot. They were, get, they were lining up to book a space. The health unit has about 400 shots that they give out there. You line up, you sign up, and then you come back at, 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 at the time to do it. They were full by noon. Okay. I, I can tell you yesterday, I got my booster shot. I was at the Agriplex and it was busy there. They are, it's a well-oiled machine over there, but it was busy. And it just, to me, gave some sense of, of we're having that, oh my God moment, we got to get this done, right? In, in, in a big hurry. When I talked to Dr. Summers today, um, he was saying, you know, they're adding as many uh, doses as they can. They've added 7,000 more appointments up until Christmas Eve. And I said to him, well, what if the premier says the 18 plus are going to be and he goes, we're going to have some capacity problems because we can only add so many shots. The, the, the Earl Nichols Arena is not expected to open as a mass vaccination site until January. They're not increasing capacity at Caradoc until January. I know that it's going to be back to the drawing board and trying to figure this all out again. But clearly, there's a sense of urgency here, both in uh, Queen's Park and locally, uh, about getting this booster shot and how important they think it is, even in the face of a variant that we really know little about. We really don't know what the outcome is going to be from this. So there, I think that there's all kinds of things that everybody's trying to balance. It's get shots in arms, but don't mess around too much with people's normal lives. 
And I think you sense that too, watching watching the uh, press conference. Absolutely. Uh, One thing that I found interesting, and not that I would support this because I know small businesses and restaurants have suffered the most, honestly, throughout this past almost two years, there was no mention about any capacity limits with regards to restaurants, which I find interesting because again, that's like a high risk, as we know, in closed space, people masks off for eating and drinking purposes. I found it very interesting. And something else that I found very interesting out of the press conference today was there was no discussion about Christmas. And I think a lot of Canadians, myself included, I didn't have a Christmas last year. I was pregnant. My family didn't know. And I sat in my house like a kicked puppy, not spending any time with family or friends. It was sad, truly. Like I've never had a Christmas like that. And it makes me sad to think about it. And so this year, I've got a very healthy little boy. Everybody wants to see him. And granted, my family's relatively pretty small and uh, nobody goes anywhere. But I said to my mom, I said, I'm having Christmas this year. There is not a chance. And I know I am not the only one who felt this way. But I, I did find it so interesting that the premier didn't mention it at all. Well, I think those lineups are happening because you and I are exactly the same way. We want to have a holiday. We want to have a Christmas. This isn't about being scared anymore. We're not scared. We're just, we're bad. <laughs> and we'll do what we're told. And if this means that we got to go get another shot, we'll go get another shot. I think in terms of restaurants, um, let's let's give a shout out to the majority of the restaurant in, in industry. They, not only have they suffered the brunt of this, but they have done tremendous work to things that they've had to do to keep their businesses going. Um, and I just think that, that the government didn't want to lay it on lay it on them anymore. I, they, they've taken it now. I think there was a lot of criticism coming about things like like uh, Toronto Maple Leaf games and and uh, and other big sporting events where you would watch and see people sitting cheek by jowl at a London Knights game too, and uh, and nothing was being done. So I think that there was a lot of public pressure about that, and that's why that's where the target is. But the Christmas thing too was weird to me. I, and I just think, again, it, it is a political thing. And, but it's also an understanding, I think, on the part of Dr. Moore, and he said it yesterday, that Ontarians are pretty good about assessing the risk in this. We've been good. We've, been, we're, we've gotten pretty good at risk assessment. And the idea of saying, saying to us now, thou shalt not have Christmas, would go over like a lead balloon. Nobody would go for that. If, but you'll also notice what has happened which should have happened months ago, all of a sudden, not only are we going to have booster shots, but there's going to be testing everywhere. We're going to be able to get rapid tests at the liquor store, just like they do in the Maritimes. We're going to be able to, they also mentioned things like libraries, which is a really, really good uh, option. Hospitals, they're going to flood the zone with rapid tests. And that to me is a really, really smart thing. Rapid tests are not the be all end all, but they, but what they, and there is, they are, they can be unreliable at times, but they will pick up asymptomatic infection. And that's kind of the big thing that we need to do right now. Um, I, I was, I was on Twitter today and saw uh, uh, someone talking about Calgary Flames who there are, there are several, they've been, they've been wiped out by COVID and, uh, there was a comment that this was a horrific situation. And, and uh, I said, that's not horrific. The reason they're picking up those, those infections is because they're testing. 
right? They, I'm not hearing about anybody ending up in the hospital or anything like that. This is a break in the transmission by, by testing people all the time, having them isolate and not having them infectious anymore. That's a smart move. And that's, that's what we should have been doing. We should have been doing this all fall, actually. Um, so I was pleased to see that. I just think I need a little bit more meat on the bone on how we're going to be able to pull this off in the next couple of weeks. Well, I know for school-age parents, a big concern, almost every school board across the province has now sent notifications home with students to parents saying, prepare for virtual learning come January. And I know rapid testing was a huge concern here in London, which I find bizarre to say the least, knowing that we are such a hotspot for the Omicron variant, people can't find rapid testing. And I know somebody who has a, a family member who has since tested positive. They had close contact with this person and they cannot book a test to get like a PCR test until next week. Right, right. Alarming to say the least. And here we go heading into Christmas. Um, so I think that the, the rapid tests are amazing, but you're right. It's like hindsight 2020 again. It's too little, too late in my mind. Right. And I think this right. is where a lot of my frustrations are stemming from. So yeah, let's let's let's, let's talk, talk a little bit about that about that PCR testing too, right? So so let's say you know I, I wrote about a woman today who was in contact with me who was feeling a bit funky, and um, she wanted to go do some volunteering, um, and uh, she had a volunteer. Um, uh, shift for today. Uh, Monday, she still wasn't feeling very well. So she thought I'll go up to Carlin and get a test. Pack your cars. You know, lots of people, they said you need an appointment. She couldn't get an appointment till Friday. And then she wouldn't get her results back till Monday. So, so she went to a pharmacy and the pharmacy said, well, we don't have any rapid tests for you. They're kind of all for school kids right now. So she couldn't buy a test. And so she just went home and, you know, it would have been much better <laughs> for her mental health and peace of mind to know that maybe what she had was not COVID, but if she did pop a positive test, to be able to do the things that she needs to do. So one of the things that has happened in London is we shut down the, the Oak Ridge Testing Centre. I understand why, because we weren't getting a lot of testing done, but are they, you know, that really dwindled down once, once vaccines came in, in, into play. But we need a better testing strategy here in London. And I, I don't think that we're alone in the province on this. I think that's that's kind of part of the strategy that we that we, we fell down on in the fall when we were, you know, enjoying the reopening and, and reveling in the fact that we had kind of beat this thing back with vaccine. Absolutely. Yeah. And something I think that is very important, as much as I'm a little fired up and deflated today. Um, I do think it's very crucial and important to touch on the fact that um, there were over a thousand people out of the cases on Wednesday that tested positive for COVID that the province released that were fully vaxxed. Now, people who have been anti-vax this entire time are spewing online vaccines don't work. What the, the numbers we need to be focusing on right now are the ICU admissions. And yep. I think the media needs to do a better job of focusing on how low those numbers are. And that in itself speaks to vaccines working there, doing their job. That being said, obviously the booster is important. They've, they've been saying all along, a lot of people are very frustrated with this, but they have been saying this is a three shot vaccine. Like this is not new. I had heard this months ago. 
we all knew this was coming. Um, obviously the variant's a little bit different, but I think that's really important to focus on ICU admissions and that number still being relatively low given the amount of people testing positive right now. But for now, Lindsay, the for ICU now. number is open, is low for now. And I just want to go back to, uh, oh my God, vaccinated people are getting COVID. It's proportional, right? You know, we have almost 90% of this province with, with what's considered right now full vaccination. So really it is a, a minute portion of that group compared to the unvaccinated. And surely that, that all, and that, that falls into line once we get into the ICUs and the hospital. Now, what we, there is so much we don't know, okay? We just don't know what Omicron is gonna do. Preliminary uh, studies are saying that it is a milder disease, that we're not seeing people end up in hospitals on ventilators, that for kids, it's kind of a three-day feeling of crappiness and, and it's gone. That's preliminary. But at this point, because this thing is so transmissible um, and, you know, it, it doesn't run on a timeline, we, we just, you know, I think Dr. Moore said it yesterday best, you know, it's, it's kind of that prepare for the, prepare for the worst and hope for the best, you know. He, you know, he said, you know, we, we can't, you know, hope isn't a strategy on this. We can't hope this is going to be okay. We have to do something here. But again, we, I think we saw with the premier today that there's an awful lot of balancing going on here because you have a, a public that has done everything that it's been asked to do. And you can't come to a public that, that said, I got vaccinated. I, 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 I lost, you know, I, I isolated. I, I haven't seen my friends. I've done everything I'm supposed to do. You can't turn around to them now and say, let's lock the doors again. You can't go out. No, that, that is just not going to be the case. It's just not going to happen for people. So I think what they're trying to do here is that I think they've gotten the message. I think I'm hoping it's Dr. Moore that got the message to the, to the government that said, we got a lot of tools here that we're not using as, as well as we can. We need to get boosters out. We know that. We got a lot of tests here that, that we got it. We got to shove as many rapid tests out there as we can. We got to get testing way, way up. And, you know, we've also got an antivirals coming at some point, probably late winter, early spring that are looking really promising for people who, if they do have severe illness, might be able to overcome their symptoms through that. So we are not in the same place as we were a year ago. But it's just frustrating because of the urgency that we are sensing from our public health officials that are saying, you know, maybe it doesn't look like our hair is on fire, but our, but our hair might catch on fire and you better do something about it. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because something that I want to touch on, and I think the premier had to do something with regards to Maple Leaf games. Um, as a parent with small children, I would also be frustrated that why are you allowing this to happen? But then you're talking about closing down schools. I, I completely agree with that. That being said, I have Maple Leaf tickets for the new year. I have a couple <laughs> of concerts I'm going to at Budweiser Gardens in the new year. So let's speculate for a minute here, Jane, because I'm somebody who's played by the rules. I'm now, it's going to be like the Hunger Games getting my booster because I fall into the 18 plus. So the floodgates come Monday, it's going to be elbows up uh, to get my booster. And so what's going to happen? Because I've played by the rules. I've purchased tickets for events. I've abided by everything. And I would like to start living a little bit again. Right. 
So yeah. what do we think is going to happen once we see the boosters roll out? Do we think it's going to be a matter of to get into Budweiser Gardens? I'm going to have to take a rapid test the afternoon of the event to get in, prove my three boosters and off we go. Or is it still going to be 50% capacity until the warm weather, April, May, who knows? Well, I don't know, but let's let's play hypothetical a little bit. And I, I and just so you know, uh, yeah, I, uh, for Christmas 2019, I got concert tickets for a show at the Budweiser Gardens that has been rescheduled for April, and I'm really hopeful <laughs> that I can go. That said, there's a couple things that can happen here, and the, the worst thing is is if this thing turns out to be a monster, right? That we start seeing people getting horribly sick and in the hospital and 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 uh our ICU is getting filled up our healthcare workers catching this really quickly because it is so uber contagious and not having the capacity to care for people who are really sick um that's the worst okay and that we we start start seeing a lot of people dying that we see uh, people that could have been saved that we couldn't save because we just our healthcare system had been put under such stress if you watch uh I don't know if you've seen the pictures out of Minnesota this week and out of Michigan. Um, that's Delta that's happening there. They're still in the throes of Delta. The, the optimist in me, fingers crossed, is, is that this variant is not, it is a milder variant, even though it's more contagious. It overtakes Delta. It pushes Delta out of the way. Um, it becomes an illness that we can deal with. Um, that we protected ourselves with with boosters and that, you know, we look at this a month, two months from now and we say, okay, we're going to be fine now. We figured this one out, right? I think that's the hope of every public health, uh, um, uh, you know, person, you know, people working in the system. That's the hope for all of us. Um, but at the same time, prepare for the worst hope for the best you got to get your booster you got to do all those things am I going to cancel Christmas I'm still debating I've thought about you know we would have no more than 10 people for Christmas um more than half of them would be triple vaccinated uh I can open windows in this house um if you know you know there are and I can rapid test I can have people do rapid tests if anyone who was coming to my Christmas party said, I really don't feel comfortable, I'd say, that's fine, stay home, right? We all have to assess our own risk. We all have to assess our safety in this. And for those of us who've all done the right things, I think we know how to do that now. I think we know where that's at. Um, so, you know, in my case, my, my, I'm, I, I think I was like everyone else who, raced out to get a Christmas tree. I was one of the last ones. We've all gone out and we've tried to get Christmas to be the biggest, greatest thing ever because we're so excited to be able to have it. And this is like, a, this is such a kick. I mean, even Alex Summers said, quote unquote, this sucks. <laughs> but at the same time, we're resilient. We've done it before. I think that lineup at Masonville Place tells me that people are ready to, to get their shots. Just tell me where they're going to be, where the capacity is going to be, and how you're going to get, what do you say, 250,000 shots a day? Well, let's see. Tell me where, the, where you're going to put them, how people can get access to them. And, um, you know, 
I, I, that was the other thing that I found a little, you know, I got skeptical about. You're asking everybody to get shots in arms. Okay, who are these people going to be? Where are they going to go? Where are the shots? Where Do we have enough shots? Do we have enough vaccine? Are we going to be able to, you know, to do this? I, 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 think I, I think all of us will be wanting tomorrow to see more of a master plan. I don't envy Dr. Summers or Dr. Klassen, you know, uh, or, or any of the medical officers of health in, you know, in, in our region, Dr. Locke, um, because they are about to now have to figure out how to get, how to wrangle a public again to come in to do the thing that we, that we thought we only had to do twice. <laughs> right? So I don't know. It's ambitious. There are political overtones, but I guess we're going to have to do what we have to do. I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, anybody looking to get the vaccine who falls in the 18 plus category come Monday, um, covidvaccinelm.ca. Keep an eye on how you can book appointments there. I know pharmacies have been busy administering. As Jane mentioned, Masonville Mall, um, they have been seeing pretty big lineups, which I will say is nice to see in the sense that people are out wanting the shots. Um, yes. Again, kind of like the Hunger Games, like I want the shot too. So um, just be mindful of that. And of course, be patient because as Jane mentioned, how are we going to get this many shots out in a timely manner? Um, there's a bit of an issue there. So yeah, I, I would so. urge everybody to be patient and to be safe this Christmas with regards to whatever it is you are doing. Uh, Jane, thank you so much for your time and your insight. It was a pleasure as always. I look forward to our next chat and hopefully things have maybe calmed down a little bit with regards to this variant. I hope so. And Merry Christmas to you and give that baby a great big hug. I will. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you as well, Jane. If you've been enjoying the LF Press podcast and you haven't hit subscribe yet, make sure you do so. We're streaming all the time on all of the major platforms. You can always go back and listen to old episodes that live there as well. So you can, I don't know, relive the pandemic. <laughs> um, we'll be back again next week with another edition of the LF Press podcast. Until then, stay well. Bye.